Hello and welcome to the Deeper Study Podcast. My name is Mike Mayhick. I'm here with Dr. Dave Vance. I'm filling in for uh, Pastor Doug Taylor, who uh, is at a conference this week. And we are here uh, to talk about Jonah Part 3, titled The Sum of All Fears. By the way, great movie. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> I have seen that movie, and that that did inspire the title, The Sum of All Fears. <laughs> that is a great movie. Um, this, was, uh, this message is... Uh, centered around Jonah chapter one verses four through sixteen, and uh, do you have a do you have a fear? Do you have a secret fear? A that... secret fear. <laughs> um, the, Mike, I'm a little afraid to tell you my secret fear. That's my fear is because <laughs> you could come back at me with this one. Um, if I had to pick, you know, there, there's a serious secret fear and there's a a, a kind of funny secret fear. I, I do have a little bit of fear of spiders. I know that sounds crazy, but I. I can take any other bug, but there's something about spiders that just make me cringe. And if I see one, there's a little, I mean, I, it's got to be dead. It has to be dead. There cannot be a spider that's alive. Um, the, the other thing is, it's a weird, it's a weird fear, but, um, you know, I always think about, you know, my, my family and my sons following Christ. And so I always have a little fear in there that, you know, the fact that they can then choose to all the teaching, all the effort. And, uh, while I look at them and see them as following Christ, um, Certainly, there's a fear of what their life holds in the future. Uh, obviously, that may not be as deep as a fear as other things, but that certainly is a fear. How about for you? Have any have any secret fears that I have the fear? It's, it's actually a dream that I have a recurring dream of of showing up to class, and it's like the sixth week of the semester, and I've I'm coming for the first time. You know, I'm, I'm six weeks behind, and I walk in and I don't know anything, and there's a test that day, and and I just have no knowledge of anything. So you're in school. I'm in school. And you're taking I'm the student. Oh. Yeah. And I show, wow. up, show up and everybody knows everything already and I'm... You're way behind. I'm six weeks behind. That's an interesting fear. And so it's a reoccurring dream. Now, it I is. don't know if you heard this. I remember as a kid hearing, if you had the same dream three times in a row, it's going to come true. You ever heard that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not taking any classes anymore, hopefully. That, there you go. Just there online. You go. So... <laughs> Well, we're going to go ahead and dig into the scripture here. It's uh, Jonah chapter 1, verses 4 through 16. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know that it is because of me this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. And the sea, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And 
not light and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. So that's quite a passage. It is. Um, it is. Would you kind of describe the types of fears and responses that, that you see in this passage? Yeah, and you know, we, we said in the past podcast that the this this has a prophetic tone but a poetic force to it in the sense that it has some poetry and one of the things about poetry is this repetition and we see this word fear repeated and we find it in verse five where the sailors are afraid and and the reason they're afraid is they're afraid of the storm and so as a result what do they do uh they're they're afraid of the storm and so they begin to respond by taking control of the situation that we we find a wrong fear and a wrong response. Now, and not that being afraid of a storm is, is wrong, but but in the sense of where their fear should be set, it seems wrong because it wasn't in the storm that's a problem. It's in God that's the problem here. God is the one bringing the storm. And so we find the reaction is for them to take control of the situation. It says they they cry out to their gods. They, they pray foxhole prayers. And, and then uh, they begin to throw the cargo overboard. Um, and it says in verse seven, they begin to cast lots to find out who it is. And then what this tells us is they're looking around and none of them believe it's them. Uh, they believe that they are in control and that someone else is the one that is wrong. That's the whole idea of lots. Um, lots would have been stones that were painted black and white. And when you when you threw them out, if they landed more on the black side than the dark or the light side, it was an indication of evil, that you're in the darkness. And so um, it was a picture of that to, to the people. And so you would roll these basically like rocks that were dice, and it would indicate that whoever got the most darkness was the one who is wrong. And, and that we find them looking at each other saying, it's not me, it's got to be you. And, and it's this idea of running to control. And so we find a wrong fear that leads to a wrong response. We then find a right fear that leads still to a wrong response. We have Jonah. And Jonah responds with, uh, I'm a Hebrew. And, and the, this line is powerful. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. And uh, Jonah clearly knew that as a, a, a God fear, that God was in control. In fact, the phrase God of heaven shows up 22 times in the Old Testament. Every single time, it talks about the sovereignty of God. This idea that God is in absolute control. And yet, his response was, to be asleep on the ship, throw me overboard, I'm no good. His, he, you can have a right fear and a wrong response. And, and that's an important thing to realize. We can fear God, but not really live as if he's sovereign, not live as, as if he's in control. And I, I know, you know, we see that in ministry. We've done that before, where we fear God. We know that God is in control, but we don't live like he is. Well, I can definitely relate to both of those. That first one, you know, it's it's the typical male response to any problem. You want to take control and solve <laughs> yeah, the problem, solve it, yeah. You know, and then fleeing, um, recognizing who God is, but but fleeing from obedience. You know, I think that's something that we all can relate to. Yeah, you know, and we can give a little bit of a pass to the sailors to have the wrong fear because they didn't know any better, right? right. Their, their, their fear is toward the storm and the storm must be controlled by some God out there. And so this God has released chaos. We get the wrong fear in that moment and we can understand the wrong response for Jonah. It goes another level because he has the right fear, but that right fear is not guaranteeing him the, the right response. And, and that's true from us. Instead of running to control, he runs uh, away from the God of heaven, the God in control. 
And then the last one we see is is the the sailors really redeeming this moment and the focus goes from Jonah to the sailors and we see a right fear with a right response because they realize it's God and there's a really interesting progression in their fear. Uh, in verse 5 it says they were afraid and they're afraid of the storm. In verse 10 it says then the men were exceedingly afraid. I love this. In the Hebrew it actually says and the fearing men were greatly afraid or the 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 fearful men were greatly afraid. And all of a sudden, the fear shifted from the storm to this God of the storm, the God of Jonah. And then we come to verse 16. It says, then the men feared the Lord and they offered sacrifice. Now, all of a sudden, they get that this is the God, the covenant God, uh, the God of the Hebrews. And uh, and now they fear the Lord. So all of a sudden, it goes from from the storm to the God of the storm to the Lord, who is is now they're, they're afraid of. And that's the progression. And their response then is in the end, to sacrifice, to vow. And the idea that they they confess that he is the Lord in this situation. And that's the image of this right fear with the right response. Even even in scripture, using the Hebrew name of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it shifts from them using the generic, you know, Elohim, the, the name of God. And it is a kind of the generic description in the Old Testament to them using the name Yahweh, the, the unspoken, holy a covenant name of God. Yeah. Can you describe for us the differences between a healthy fear of God and an unhealthy fear of God? Yeah, there is a big difference between being afraid of God and fearing the Lord. And and those two things show up over and over again in the Bible, and yet their differences are very wide. It's broad. Um, if we if we're afraid of God, the instinct is going to be that our reactions are going to be to push that God away, uh, to move away from the Lord, not toward Him. When, when we think when we're afraid of God, and many many times when we say we're afraid of God, it, it's usually connected with condemnation or with judgment. And, and those things are true, by the way. It's not that God doesn't won't condemn and doesn't judge, but the idea when we we only are afraid of God, we tend to look for blame. Why? Because we don't want to be the ones who. Uh, who are caught in the act. And so we look for blame. We see that in the sailors. We, uh, we then tend to not obey, but disobey because now we're afraid of God. And so we push him away and we go our own way. We think, well, there's got to be a better way. It's that sin nature in us. In us, yes. Yeah. That runs from right. But the fear of the Lord actually is connected to his character. Um, and, and I love the verse in... Um, it's found in Luke, and it's a beautiful Luke 1. It says, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. When I fear God, now all of a sudden, I get his character. I understand my fear is not being afraid. My fear is in respect and awe that he's a God of mercy, a God of grace, and a God of faithfulness. And so fear, according to Luke 1, 50, is wrapped in mercy. Um, and I would say that when we're, we're afraid of God, it's always because we don't know God. When we fear the Lord, it's because we know him. We know his character, his heart of affection for us. And, and that's a big difference there. Do you have any recommendations for how we can respond uh, when unhealthy fear begins to take root in our lives? That's a great question. And we could probably spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> we, we could write a book on that topic. There are books on that topic. Um, this is key, is, is the object of our fear really does lead to the response of our fear. And what I mean by that is, 
if something there's something in life I'm afraid of, and, and, and maybe it's we're afraid of our kids going in a certain direction, or we're afraid of our marriages that are struggling, or we're afraid of our job, and, and maybe the financial security we might feel, or it could be afraid of our health and, and what we're facing in our health. If that's the object of our fear, then my, my response is going to be, it's always going to, to match or follow that object of my fear. And so if it's health, if it's finances, if it's relationship, then my fear, my response is going to be to fix it or like, like Jonah, live in apathy, right? I'm going to say, well, this is just my lot in life. This is what it is. I don't, I, there's no good. And, and we hear that, you know, I hear that all the time. If, whether it's apathy or it's control, that's what we do naturally. But when I change the object of my fear to God, when God becomes the object of my fear, when I fear him most, now everything else sets into place. And I would say that when we want to respond in a healthy way, um, we respond by changing the object to say, wait a minute, I fear the Lord above anything else. God is ultimately in control. Um, and it, it, it's, I look, I think of binoculars a bit. If I look at the binoculars, everything's magnified. When I flip them around, everything is small or minified. I, I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> that's the image there is now I, I change the object of my fear to God. And now all these other things pale in comparison that I know God is in control. I know he's good. I know he's faithful. I know he's working good in me. And that might mean I suffer, but I suffer for the sake of, of glory in me. And then those circumstances are minimalized. Yes, right. Yeah, then the circumstances fall into place where they should be. I'm going to read a quote here from a famous theologian, uh, Dr. Dave Vance. <laughs> uh, we, have, we all have things we are afraid of, and our responses can vary. But when we change the object of our fear to God, it changes the response of our fear to obedience. It's the fear of God that sets us free from our circumstances. Would you please explain how fear can set us free? You know, in that statement, you know, that idea that fear sets us free from the fear of our circumstances, it, it shows us this greater fear. When you have a greater fear, then you're not afraid anymore of what it is that you're afraid of. I use this analogy. You, do you remember as a kid when you're afraid and then your mom or dad would be in the room? What happens to the fear? The fear's gone. Why? Because the greater, greater object is there, and that's mom or dad who can protect us. Yeah, I have one that's afraid of storms, and she comes in and snuggles with me on the couch, and she's no longer afraid, and I'm like, the storm is still, still there. there. I didn't do <laughs> that's anything. Right. Yeah, the storm's around. And that's the picture, right, is all of a sudden there's freedom when I realize, wait a minute, I don't have to fear this circumstance. I, I have the Lord. And I love what C.S. Lewis in his book, Surprised by Joy, he said, the hardness of God is kinder than the softness of man. And his compulsion is our liberation. What he's talking about is the fear of the Lord. When I get the fear of the Lord, the hardness of God is kinder than the softness of men. Then all of a sudden there's liberation in that. Why? Because I get that he is a greater object than anything I face. And that's freedom. There's freedom in that. Fear can be set aside. And instead of being fierce is something I dread, fear becomes something that's absolutely wonderful because it's connected to the character and beauty of God. Powerful powerful stuff so well thank you for joining us for the the deeper study and uh, thank you for being part of the crossroads family